Section 14 of A Brief History of Forestry. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Taylor Rourke. A Brief History of Forestry by Bernard Fernow. Section 14. Finland. The Grand Duchy of Finland in the northeast of Russia is still, in some respects, independent of Russia. Finland, the land of a thousand lakes and of most extensive forests, is hardly less important as a wood producer than Russia itself. Its wood exports amounting at present to around 200 million cubic feet and over $25 million in value, represent over 50% of its trade and its most important resource. Settled in the 7th century by an Aryan tribe, the Finns, congeners of the Magyars, who subdued the aboriginal Laplanders, Finland became by conquest in the 12th century and remained for 500 years a province of Sweden. In the wars between Sweden and Russia, parts of this province were conquered by Russia, and finally, in 1809, Sweden lost the whole. But the Finns succeeded in preserving national unity and partial independence under a constitution, adopted in 1772 and recognized by the Tsar. Finland stands very much in the same relation to Russia as does Hungary to Austria, the union being merely a personal one. The Tsar is the ruler or Grand Duke, but the administration is otherwise largely separate from that of the empire under a governor-general appointed by the Tsar, and a senate of 18 members at Helsingfors, with a national parliament of the four estates, nobles, clergy, burghers, peasants, which convenes every five years, the Tsar having the veto power over its legislation. The War Department of Russia, however, is in charge of military affairs, and other departments seem to be under more or less supervision of the Russian administration. Lately, repressive measures are threatening or have nearly accomplished the destruction of this autonomy. Of the 145,000 square miles of territory, nearly 50% is occupied by lakes and bogs, marshes or tundra. Less than 9 million acres, 9.7%, is in farms, and 37.5 million acres, or 42%, is forest land, actual or potential. The major part of this is located in the northern and eastern sections, where the population is scanty, agriculture little developed, and sand soils prevail. Beyond the 69th degree, forest growth ceases, and naturally near the forest limit, the scrubby growth partakes of the character of all northern forests. Not more than 2.5 million acres, mostly in the southwestern sections, are actually under cultivation, the population being short of 2.5 million. The rigorous climate makes a large consumption of fuel wood necessary, and since houses are also mostly built of wood, the home consumption is over 32 cubic feet per capita. Over 10 million cubic feet of pine are consumed in making tar, and a like amount for paper pulp. The total cut is in the neighborhood of 370 million cubic feet, four-fifths of which comes from private forests, 
of the middle and southern area, and over one-third of it is being exported. The country generally is a tableland with occasional low hills. The forest consists principally of pine, the latter a variety of the scotch pine, or a species called riga pine, which excels in straightness of bole and thrifty growth, and of spruce, 10% of the whole, mainly in the southeast. Aspen, alder, and birch, especially the latter, are considered undesirable weeds, and fire is used to get rid of them, where coniferous aftergrowth is desired. Although birch is also employed for fuel, bobbins, and furniture, and aspen for matches. Basswood, maple, elm, ash, and some oak occur, and larch, Larix siberica, was introduced some 150 years ago. Long, severe winters and hot, dry summers produce slow growth, the pine in the north requiring 200 to 250 years, in the middle sections 140 to 160 years to grow to merchantable size. Fires used in clearing have from time to time run over large areas and have nearly killed out the spruce except in the lowlands, but the pine being more resistant has increased its area and in spite of the deterioration of the soil by fire, reproduces well. Originally, the forest was communal property, but in 1524, Gustav Vasa declared all forest and water not specially occupied to belong to God, King, and the Swedish crown, although he allowed the usufruct to the people free of charge, or nearly so. These rights of user are still the bane of the forest administration, being left without supervision, it mattered little who owned the land. The forest was ruthlessly exploited. Later, the rights of user thus originating were bought off by seeding lands to the peasants. Not until 1851 did an improvement in these conditions occur when a provisional administration of the state forests was provided in connection with the land survey. But a rational organization materialized only after an eminent German forester, V. Berg, director of the Forest School of Tarant, had been imported, 1858, to effect a reconstruction. His advice was, however, only partially followed, and the organization was not perfected until 1869. Almost immediately, a powerful opposition to the administration developed, because it could not at once show increased profits, and the personnel, which had been scanty enough, was still further reduced, the large districts into which the state property had been divided were still further enlarged, and to this day, improvement in these respects has been only partial. The state forest area, situated mainly in the north, is stated as between 35 and 45 million acres, variable because of clearing for farms and new settlements, but it contains about 15 million acres of bogs and moors and much other wasteland which reduces the productive forest area to about 12 million acres, 35%, leaving 65% of the productive forest area to private ownership. This state forest was divided, 1896, into 53 districts, the districts being aggregated into eight inspections and the whole service placed under a central office, with a forest director and five assistants under immediate control of the Senate. The forest guards numbered 750, their ranges averaging 50,000 acres, while the districts averaged 600,000 acres and several contain as high 
as 2.5 million acres. The forestmeister in charge may live sometimes 200 miles from the nearest town and 60 miles from the nearest road. His function is mainly to protect the property, to supervise the cutting and sales, and to teach the people the need of conservative methods. In spite of this insufficient service, considerable reduction in forest fires and theft has been attained. Beyond restriction of waste by axe and fire, and conservative lumbering of the state forest, positive measures for reproduction have hardly yet been introduced, both personnel and wood values being insufficient for more intensive management. At present, with a cut hardly exceeding 100 million cubic feet, the revenue is still almost nominal, say $600,000, and hardly the annual growth is cut. Selection forest is, of course, the rule, but since no trees are marked and cut less than 10 inch diameter at 25 feet from the ground, at least the possibility for improved management will not be destroyed when, through the exhaustion of the private forests and increased wood prices, more intensive management has become practicable. When the market is good, a clearing system with 100 to 160 year rotation is practiced. On the clearings, about 20 seed trees are left, and after six years, the natural regeneration is repaired by planting. This latter method is especially prescribed on the government farms. These form an interesting part of the state property. Some 900 small farms with woodlots aggregating over 500,000 acres, mostly in the southern districts. These came into existence in the 17th and 18th centuries, being granted as fiefs to officers of the army as their only compensation. They reverted to the state and are rented for terms of 50 years, upon condition that the woods are to be managed according to rules laid down by the State Department, and special inspectors are provided to supervise this work. This system, in vogue since 1863, at first met with opposition on the part of the renters on account of the impractical propositions of the department. At present, the department manages many of these woodlots directly, as well as those which the clergy have received in lieu of emoluments. Since 1883, a corps of forest surveyors has been occupied in making working plans based upon diameter accretion at the curiously selected height of 25 feet from the ground. A commission was also instituted some years ago to segregate forest and farm soils in the state domain with the view of disposing of the latter preparatory to improved management of the remaining forest area. The state has also in a small way begun to purchase absolute forest soils in the southern provinces with a view to reforestation. The private forest areas located in the more settled southern portions are found mostly in small parcels and in peasants' hands, although the nobility also own some forest properties but the size of single holdings rarely exceeds 1,000 acres. These areas are mostly exploited without regard to the future, furnishing still four-fifths of the large export, and according to competent judges, will soon be exhausted. Although attempts have been made from time to time to restrict the use of private forest, practically little has been accomplished, and such restrictions as have been enacted are hardly enforced. A law, enacted in 1886, forbids clearing along waters adapted to fishing and orders the leaving of seed trees or providing otherwise for regeneration 
if more than 12 acres are cut at one time. The method of utilizing the ground for combined forest and farm use, which is still frequently practiced, was forbidden on the light sandy soils of the pineries or was otherwise regulated. Forest fire laws are also on the statutes. Propositions for further restrictions made in 1891 were promptly rejected by the Parliament. Educational opportunities are offered in the Forest Institute at Evois, first established in 1862 as a result of Wieberg's visit and reorganized in 1874. It accepts new students only every second year for the two years course. It has had a precarious existence being left sometimes without students and is naturally not of a high grade, practical acquaintance with woods work being its main aim. Since 1876, a school for forest guards and private under-foresters has been in existence where six students are annually accepted for a two years course. In addition, there are two instructors provided by the government, wandering teachers who are to advise private owners. Premiums are paid for the best managed woodlots on the government farms. The Finnish Forestry Association, which is in part of propagandist nature, was organized in 1877. It supplies, besides an annual report, other forestry literature and employs an experienced planter to direct efforts at reforestation. A forestry journal, quarterly, is also published and a professional literature is beginning to start into existence. It may be of interest in this connection to cite a rough calculation made by Dr. Mayer of the available material in European, Russia, and Finland combined, which he places at 4,500 million cubic feet, and of which he considers one half available for export. It is impossible to prognosticate what position Russia and Finland, together the largest wood producers in Europe, will take in the future world commerce, and how rapidly better practices, for which the machinery is already half started, will become generally adopted. At present, especially in Russia proper, the general corruption of the bureaucracy is an almost insurmountable obstacle to improvement. End of section 14. Recording by Taylor Rourke.